from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. Stodgy puddings, soggy bottoms, 70s canapes, shockingly pink hair, cultural insensitivity, two cheeky irreverent hosts, and a giggly Polish man, all of which leads to baked goods of dubious quality. Your lady scientists are ready to take a break from the lab and head into the kitchen to talk about one of Tishi's lodestars, the Great British Bake Off. Collection 10, as the Netflix label calls it, of the show is down to the final two episodes, so we thought we'd check in on how we feel things have been going this season. And joining me from Money Pit Studios, a name that has never been more accurate than it has this week in Detroit, <laughs> Michigan. It's Meredith, the MBH Van Harn. Good evening, Meredith. Good evening. That is so true. <laughs> this feels like a triumphant return. It I'm really so does. It really does. I actually had to check back. I was like, how many weeks has she been gone? No, no, no. It was just one. <laughs> just one show. But two weeks of... Um, two weeks. Of, of fun. Yeah. Of fun. Yeah, uh, we'll so, get into that. On today's show, we'll begin with a little small talk. We'll check what's in the mailbag. We'll pour a cup of tea and butter some scones as we evaluate one of our favorite shows, make some Tishi recommendations, sort of, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Well, Meredith, where you been? Let's get into it. Um, I've had some money pit issues. Uh, it had been way too long without any, yeah. frankly. Were you feeling a um, sense of false sense of security i was i was sort of like thinking well this is weird nothing has happened in a while (laughs) and lo and behold something happened so it started out um with a planned money pit which was the fence in the backyard needed to be replaced and we had discussions with our next door neighbor um to kind of share the cost of the yeah of the fence that that went on both of our properties um, that separated our properties and that he would split that with us 50 50. And then we wanted a privacy fence along the back property line. And then we would pay for that. And that's all fine. It just took like mm, seven months Mm -hmm. to get going. (laughs) So I had the, I had the estimate in like March and it got done in October. What was the holdup? Well, just scheduling. Like they're so busy. They, you know, they were scheduling that far out. Um, and I, I got some estimates from other companies and they were like twice as much And this was almost $6,000. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, we'll go with the one that makes us wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. So that was, you know, I was planning for that. It was fine. I put half of it down early on and paid the other half when the fence was done. Then that's all well and good. But as soon as the fence was done, we started getting like flickers in our electric system. So like when the furnace would kick on, every the lights in the bathroom would kind of flicker. Oh. And when we have some um um they're called uninterruptible power supplies that the computers are on um so that it's sort of like a battery backup. It gives you a little bit of time to shut the computer down rather than just have it shut off if the power goes out. And they make kind of a clicking sound when they kick on and they were clicking on and off all the time. And I was like, this is strange. And apparently they're very sensitive to power fluctuations. So they were kicking on whenever the power would kind of dip. And so I called our, we have an electrician, um, 
like, I feel like we're friends. His name is Chad. Uh, he left a hoodie at our house once for a long time. And we gave it back to him. So, like, we have goodwill built up with Chad. He's really friendly. He's got cats and a dog, and he loves to show us pictures. And he's very talkative. And, and so we love Chad. So I was like, okay, we'll call them and have Chad come back over and check it out. And so they did, and they were like, we can't fully figure out what exactly the problem is. But the, the power line from the pole in the backyard to the house is frayed and exposed and letting in water. Well, I don't see what the problem would be with I that. I mean, <laughs> electricity and water are a great combination, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this seems fine. Let's ignore it. <laughs> no, just kidding. I said, we will fix this immediately. And they also, every time they've come over, they're like, we talk about the things that we want to do. And they're like, well, you need to upgrade your service. We had 100 amp service as a lot of old houses do, and you need at least 200 to do the things that we wanted to do, like installing a fast charger in the garage for his electric Mm -hmm. motorcycle and his car, things like that. So we needed to upgrade the service, and we'd been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And I was like, okay, we're going to just do it with this upgrade because they have to replace this line, and they have to replace the fuse fuse box. Does that age me? It's not fuses anymore. Our fuse popped um, the circuit box in the basement. Well, now, how is the electric utility not responsible for the line that runs from the power pole to your house? That was my first thought. And I called, we use DTE, which is our our only choice we don't have a choice in michigan <laughs> that's that's the next ballot initiative <laughs> that's that's electric your choice, choice. <laughs> sure and so the choice there is gas- electricity or not <laughs> right there are gas and electric provider and so i called them and i told them what was going on and i reported it like seven times and they ignored me so i finally was like i finally had to call them and be like this is happening why is this happening because there were dte people in the backyard working on the pole so I was like, they did something bad. They messed it up. This is their fault. And that would be best case scenario. Maybe it was wishful thinking. But they called us when we were on our way to Dayton for a wedding. And because they had finally set somebody out. And we told him what was going on. Because it was after the electricians had shown up. And he, he laughed at me. The guy from DTE laughed. He's like, you know that's not our responsibility, right? <laughs> no, why would and it not like, be their responsibility? Well, I guess now I know that, now that you've made me feel like a fool, um, you know, it's. I, I guess I missed that that class in college where they tell you <laughs> where DTE's responsibility, responsibility ends and mine begins. So apparently this is not their problem. Okay, fine. So I had already had the electricians out. They were like, okay, we're going to schedule a time for the foreman to come out and survey the situation and figure out what he needs and you can meet him. And his name is Chad. And I was like, we've met Chad. (laughs) We don't need need another appointment, but he need, you know, they needed to come out and check out the materials that they needed. So that was going to be a week and a half. Mm. And I was just like crestfallen, but it was also, we got another estimate that was twice as much. So yet again, we're waiting for a slightly cheaper, well, a much cheaper (laughs) fix. Um, Because we were quoted something like five grand to have it all done that same day by another company. And it was like 2,600 to have it done by Chad. Okay. 
I mean, Chad I don't Ho. know. I don't know that the five grand wouldn't be worth it. Well, in retrospect, so okay. The power's just flickering at this point, right? So I'm like, we mm. we're limping along. Mm, we're I okay. See. We can wait. And so we're waiting, we're waiting. And then a, f- a week before the foreman is scheduled to come out, the power just fully dies in half the house. Just dead. And th- what I realize now is that everything that was flickering is what died. And everything that wasn't flickering is still alive. And I didn't know that not everything was. Um, but it wasn't all flickering. So it was almost like half of the, half of the circuits got fried. And half of them didn't. And it was very random. Um, you know, it's an old house and the, the, the location of the breakers doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, for instance, my fridge died. It was on a, an outlet that didn't work. But my microwave and my stove, which are right next to it, did work. Huh. So we ended up moving, like plugging the fridge into an extension cord, like vaguely not great, but you know, it was better than losing everything. You in know, fridge, t- was... as times must. Right. And the dishwasher was dead. There was nothing you could do about that because of how that is plugged in. Yeah. The garbage disposal didn't work. The furnace didn't work. Mm, no, but the water heater did. And so did the washer and dryer. It was just very strange. Everything upstairs except for one light bulb didn't work. So we slept in full silence and darkness for like a week. (laughs) It was very weird. I did not like that. I'm used to having some white noise. So I downloaded a white noise app on my phone and that helped me a little bit. But it was it was very challenging. Um, We had, you know, since I work from home, we had to have Internet and, and the modem and the router are upstairs. So we had a long extension cord going from the modem and the router to downstairs to an outlet that actually worked. So we were like tripping over this extension cord for a week and a half. And eventually they came. It took them two days to get everything fixed. And just, I get, yeah, it was two days ago um, that everything was complete. And they put a whole home surge protector. Um, they upgraded the service and they replaced the line to the pole. They we have a new humongous breaker box that is labeled mostly properly, <laughs> and more importantly, we have heat oh. <laughs> and and internet and everything's okay again. And it's such a relief. And I feel like I will never take proper electricity for granted again. I mean, how scary that has to be. Every time the stuff flickered, I was like kind of flinching. Like I thought something was going to burst and set on fire. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I'd be able to stay there. I would have to get out. It was tough. I mean, I, yeah, I was scared, but I mean, where we, I don't know where we could have gone. We could have gotten a hotel, but, and I think if it had been summer and the air conditioning died, we would have done that Mm -hmm. because we've done it before, but it's been unseasonably warm. Like it's, November 10th and it's 70 degrees outside. Um, it's very strange. So luckily it, it was only a little bit chilly in the mornings. Um, so we were able to handle that. So it was actually kind of convenient the way the timing worked out. <laughs> if it had to happen, I'm glad it happened now. That's true. <laughs> now and not January. Mm-hmm. Or now and not, <clears throat> July. not July. Right. Yeah. Yep. So did the cats care at all about any of this? 
Did they notice? Not really. I mean, so there were a couple of things that definitely affected them. Number one, their water fountain didn't work anymore. Oh, no. So I had, they had to drink, like, out of a bowl, like peasants. <laughs> um, so that was an adjustment. Uh, I do have warming pads uh, strewn about the house for them. And these are kind of like electric blankets that don't get as hot but are on 24-7. Like, electric blankets will turn off after a couple of hours because they're <laughs> – so they don't burn you or set your house on fire. Um and most of their warming pads didn't work. Link, luckily, his usual one was plugged into the the backup that we had on the extension cord. So his still worked. Um, and then the downstairs, I do have an electric blanket for them that was plugged into an outlet that worked. And that's one that turns off after four hours. So it was sort of kind of on and off. But when it was cold in the morning, they were definitely all kind of gravitating towards that yeah. blanket. And their auto feeder's on a battery. So that was okay. <laughs> Um, well, I'm really, really sorry that this happened to you, and not in the snarky way that Mike used to say it. That <laughs> thank you made you understand. He also thought it was hilarious. Yeah, um, because this was not <laughs> hilarious at all. It was not. It was not. It was tough. I was worried that things were going to get. I thought I was worried we were having power surges. So I was like, I don't know if all my appliances are going to get fried. Am I going to have to spend another ten grand on getting a new fridge and stove and microwave mm-hmm. and washer mm-hmm. and dryer and furnace and you know? <laughs> so it was scary. I didn't know what it was going to be, and 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 I think it kind of worked out pretty well, other than the long wait. Right. But whew. it's one of those things that when you look back on it in a couple of years or whatever, you'd be like, Oh yeah, remember that time? And it won't. I don't think I'm going to look back and laugh because there was nothing funny about no. it, but I will look back and be glad that it's done. Like look back and be like, yeah, we got through that. Yes. So what would you say at this point has been the worst money pit event that you've had to deal with of all your many money pit events? Oh, the balcony flooding into the kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. That was the absolute pits. Um, I'm still kind of traumatized by that. And I still get a little bit freaked out when it rains because I'm worried that the kitchen's going to, that the roof is going to leak into the kitchen Mm -hmm. and it hasn't, everything's been fine and waterproof, but I think I have a little PTSD. Yeah. I had the, um, furnace tech was out today just to do the yearly inspection and checkup. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't, I forget how we got to talking about it, but he said he had two air conditioning calls, like no cooling calls this summer where he went out to find that the entire outdoor unit had been stolen. And I thought oh. of you. <laughs> that was something I was a little worried about when we first moved in. Right, because but... you got a cage, didn't you? No, I thought about it and I never end up oh. doing it. Um, because the ones you can just buy from Home Depot, I guess, are cheap and you can just pull them out of the ground and then take the unit. Yeah. So I was like, if they're going to take it, they're going to take it. And so I looked into getting something custom welded and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> just get a new <laughs> crazy unit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, houses in Detroit are vulnerable when they're empty. They're not very vulnerable when there are people in mm-hmm. them. So I, I I, decided against it, and it's been fine. Knock on wood. <laughs> well, Nick, the HVAC technician, said, once I've had two of them, I'm pretty sure next summer I'll have four of them, and, and here mm. comes this problem in the Twin Cities. Oh, I'm sorry. People are just stealing air conditioners out of occupied homes. Times nice. are tough out there. Times are tough. Seems yep. like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. They're oh, heavy. A lot of work. We have a lot, lot of, of cameras too. I mean, we oh. have cameras on that area, so like, if, even if it did happen, I feel like we would know before it was too late. 
my main form of um, security is that I live one half block from the police station. That's good. So that really does make me feel a lot better. Yeah. Uh, whoever said that being a homeowner was something you wanted to do? Oh. I keep debating that. You know, this whole time I've been like, renting would be nice, but I have my own problems with renting. Yep. I don't like that a landlord would have keys to my house and could come in whenever they want. You nope. know, there are there are pluses and minuses to both. And I, I guess I'd rather, as a control freak, I'd rather be in control of my space. Yep. Yeah, I don't like, like my last apartment, the carpet was so um, wavy and bumpy <laughs> that you could sail a ship across those things. <laughs> and like, I had absolutely no input on when the carpet would get replaced. I right. When they came to inspect the apartment the day that I moved out, they were like, wow, this carpet. And I'm sure they would replace it before they rented it out to someone new. So I was like, great. Yeah. Would have liked to have the benefit of that, but whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the control is yours, but also the stress and the, the cost. money and the everything. So, yep. Well, look at yep. how grown up we are. I know. Well, we're glad to have you back on the show. We missed you. Thank you. I missed you guys too. Uh, yeah, you couldn't even make our jambo two weeks ago. <laughs> you just had well, if nothing. I don't have internet, I don't have I don't have any cell service here either. So yeah. it's like I'm just sort of incommunicado. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, she's back, baby, and now the money pit is truly filled up. Nothing else, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> totally finished. <laughs> Totally. Well, let us go over to the mailbag. Speaking of currency, we got a jam tracker update. It's oh my been goodness. a while. I forgot we even had one. I did too. For our listeners who are um, newer, uh, our jam tracker is uh, what uh, we track um, our jam money in. <laughs> and our jam money is the money that may get us out of a jam or two. <laughs> We have a whole um, thing about how much one jam is worth. I think we decided on one jam at uh, 25 bucks, right? Yes. So 50 bucks, that'll get you out a couple of jams. Couple of jams. Yep. And we do have an update to that. Our very good friend, Andrea Ballard, sent us a little nugget of goodness. Well, a large nugget of goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Several jams. Yes. And she sent a lovely message along with that that said, I am woefully behind in my contributions, but my birthday is tomorrow, November 7th. Happy belated, Happy Andrea. Happy birthday. And I always loved my birthday, but then I got weird vibes from other grown-ups that I wasn't supposed to celebrate my birthday as I got older. Or as one person said to me, quote, you're the only person I know who loves their birthday so much that isn't a child, unquote. Aww. Ouch. So I kind of gave up on it the last couple of years. But hearing how much Hillary unabashedly, unapologetically loves her birthday has re-inspired me. So here's to being the oldest I have ever been. And here's to Hillary and all of you for making it okay to celebrate my birthday again. Love you all so much. And I love the show and watching your friendships continue to deepen and develop through the years. There is something just so good about listening to you all talk to each other and show up for each other every single week. Keep it going. Andrea, I'm going to cry. I love Andrea so much. 
She's good people. She is. She is. Hmm. And her daughter has a great name. That's true. I was just looking at a picture of uh, her like going to prom. I know. On Facebook. And I was like, no, but she's 12. Yeah. (laughs) She's a tall 12, but she's 12. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, that's why we continue to do the show. Yep. And that is Thank why, you, Andrea. yes, that is why when we were trying, when we did our format shift from being a recap show to this, whatever this was, we tried and tried and tried to think of a hook or a topic or a subject, but all we really were jazzed about was the part of the shows where we talk to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're just friends, like at the end of the party when everything's winding down and you're all just sitting around on the couch just talking about whatever that's that's yeah. what this show is so yeah <sighs> well all right so in other uh mailbag news we have to go to last week's question of the week what is your favorite slang word and that's kind of an interesting question because that's not one we actually really answered on the show that's one we came up with on the fly <laughs> But still, I think it's a good uh, a good uh, question. Do you have a favorite slang word, Meredith? I was thinking about this, and I'm having a really hard time. I think a lot of the ones that I use are kind of embarrassing. Um, I think I say I definitely use hot garbage <laughs> and hot mess and totes. Those all appear in, in the responses. Totes. Oh, um, no. Ironically or unironically? I mean, it's all kind of ironic, but it's it's a it's a blurry line. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I have a great answer. Do you? I feel like I am losing the ability to tell what's slang and what's not. Yeah, since it seems like conversational English has become somewhat jargony, and so I don't know if that's just the way we talk or if it's slang anymore. I did have a couple. There's one uh, of the answers here that I won't spoil for the person who gave it. I think she gets to have her moment uh, that really resonated with me. So let's go through these. (laughs) Carolyn says, does Jagoff count? (laughs) It's what they say in Pittsburgh slash Western Pennsylvania to mean asshole. I also like dope to mean cool. (laughs) Um, Dope. I don't hear a lot of dope anymore, Carolyn, but I think it's dope. <laughs> it is dope. I don't think I use that myself. Kristen says jank. I would say janky. Like that's, well, I would not yeah. say that's hella janky because I don't use hella, but I would say, you know, that was a really janky setup that they had right. or something. Yeah. Uh, Bet says, I still love cool beans. <laughs> <laughs> I like saying I dig something and also tits for cool. Saying it's been a minute, meaning a long time. That's where my slang knowledge runs out, LOL. (laughs) That's the tits. Yeah, I don't say that one. That doesn't... No, I don't either. That doesn't come naturally (laughs) to my mouth. Uh, Andrea says, I'm stuck at awesome. Um, Yeah. I I have... I, I think I have a little bit of a problem with awesome. And I think I say perfect too much. That's that's just a verbal tick. That's not slang. But sometimes I catch myself saying perfect a lot. And I think awesome falls in the same category for me. Yeah. Uh, Joseph says, crutch. yeah, Joseph says it doesn't get any cooler than cool. It's almost not even slang anymore. True. That, mm-hmm. See, that's where my confusion comes in. 
Uh, and he also says, I love to date myself by using fresh. It's just so fresh. That's a good word. My question is, is it like fresh as in fresh prince or is it fresh as in don't be fresh with me, young man? Oh, I bet fresh prince. I don't because I kind of like the old school fresh. <laughs> don't get fresh with me. Gen Zers don't understand even that concept of fresh. You know, I, I, that concept was, that was not a word that my mother used. And no. I also didn't know what talking back meant because <laughs> that was not something she chastised me about. So, like, the first time I heard somebody say, like, oh, I got in trouble for talking back to my mom, I'm like, you're not allowed to talk to your mom. Like, what do you, t- <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, I feel like being fresh is kind of along those same. Yeah, I almost feel like line. fresh is even a little bit earlier than our parents. Yeah. Almost. It's more like 50s mm-hmm. than 70s and 80s. Yep. Uh, Amanda says sweet, meaning awesome, which I also use a lot. Th- this was the one. I think I do that. This yeah. is the one that got me, Amanda. I think we must have grown up probably at the exact same time. I would be surprised if we were very far apart in age. Because I I say sweet a lot. I think I also say dude a lot, but I say it, (laughs) this is so stupid, I say it in an attempt to be down to earth. (laughs) Because I think, I think (laughs) I give off a first impression of being a bit prim and proper. And I'm not, you all listen to this podcast, you know I'm not prim and proper. But so sometimes... I do say dude. <laughs> just, just to be like, I'm cool. I like the juxtaposition of my I skateboard, I know persona. Bart Simpson. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, dude. You either Look, understand dude. me or you don't. <laughs> I have this um this struggle in uh in teams. And now that I'm a boss, not to brag, I have a lot of um, I spend most of my day answering questions, <laughs> it feels like, and I am starting to notice the things that I say over and over, and I will say perfect a lot. Yep. I say awesome, I say sweet, um, and I'm starting to know, I'm starting to wonder if they're going to get together and be like, why does she say this all the time? Um, here's what you have to be afraid of if they make the Meredith bingo card. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're having the team meeting and they're all playing Meredith Bingo. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, she said, cool, thanks again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, the way that you win is that once you get a bingo, you have to ask a question or make a statement or use the word bingo in the discussion. Mm-hmm. So have your ears peeled for that one. Okay, thank you for the heads up. All right, continuing slang responses. Anne says, hot, hot garbage. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's not one that I use. I don't know, maybe that's not a Minnesota thing or maybe it's not an Anne thing. Um, can you please, I don't even think I can I'll do read this. Thank you. I'll thank read you. this. I made him put something down and he said, I try to go for the combo breaker, but no cap, swag. And this is something that happens a lot across the dinner table at our house. <laughs> So <laughs> we will <laughs> make some sort of statement and then go no cap. And honestly, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I think that's why we do it. <laughs> oh, it means I'm not lying. Or I'm I guess. The truth. Yeah. Cap, cap and, is to lie, right? Yeah. And, and then 
We'll also say bussin', which I also don't know what that means. Right. Oh, well, Bobby was telling us what that meant last week. Man, when it rains, Well, I didn't have internet. I didn't I know, listen. I know, I know. You couldn't. You couldn't listen. Um, yeah, what's, what, what does combo breaker, comma, bet mean? I think, so, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the slag, the slang part was bet. Oh, Okay. I mean, he's just too young and cool for us to understand, I suppose. He's only two years younger than me. But yeah, he's a different generation. I mean, wait, are you technically, you're technically millennial, right? I'm technically a millennial. He was born in 84, so I think that makes him. So you're both millennials. I am technically Gen X. I'm an elder millennial, Mm -hmm. and he's like just a regular millennial. (laughs) I'm a baby Gen X. I'm still disaffected, but I don't like it. Um, (laughs) Finally, Brie came in with, I still use hot mess a lot and totes, which is honestly embarrassing. My eight-year-old just discovered the word bogus, and it is bringing me (laughs) joy to hear him say it all the time. (laughs) I have some, so I love that, but I have some um, Midwestern slang. That okay. I, I, I took a flight to New York, oh, I don't know, September or something, to visit my friend Jocelyn. And there was a point at which I was struggling to get my uh, carry-on out of the overhead bin. Well, you know, and it's a stressful situation because everybody's behind. I want to get, I want to be fast and efficient. And I don't want to hold I anybody up. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I usually do, but I just had my carry-on this time and I was f- kind of fighting with it. And I go, geez, oh, Pete. Excuse me? Jeez, oh, Pete. That's a Midwestern thing that comes out of my mouth when I can't control it. Like, I, I have no control over, over that phrase. And it means, oh, gosh. It means, oh, no. It means, ah, jeez. How, how do you spell it? Jeez, J-E-E-Z-O-P-E-T-E? Pete. Is it one yep. word or three words? I think it's three. Okay. Jeez, oh, Pete. But it all kind of blends together. Uh-huh. Of course. And we do say ope. Yeah. I, I say ope a lot. Yep. I mean, I can't even help it. It's it's just inborn in me. I can't yep. control that when either. When you walk around the corner and you just about run into somebody else, you both say ope. Whoop. <laughs> uh, let me sneak past you real quick is another one. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> use that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people often ask me to get things off of high shelves in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be like, oh, got you right here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some definite Midwestern slang in there. Yeah, yeah. I think luckily, I was going to say luckily, but maybe I'm not right. Because I was thinking about stuff that was really big when we were of an age like schwing stuff, oh god stuff like that has like radical do you remember radical and tubular when those oh, were really a thing yeah of course i don't remember people saying tubular in conversation but no. rad for sure rad yes i still have friends who say rad yep like kind of ironically kind of not uh it all gets blurred yep somewhere um, there must be, uh, professors who study like linguistics professors who study slang. It would be interesting to look into that. Not that I'm going to actually make the effort to do it. You know, John McWaters has a podcast, oh, yeah. um, that I, he talks about slang a lot and I'm not up to date on it, but I bet you he's got some good ones. I bet. I bet there's even a few books 
out there that one could get into about slang. Yeah, his podcast is called Lexicon Valley. For I the think record. we talked about it once. Yes, we have. If, if I recall, it was good. If you like old musical theater, <laughs> which I do, never doesn't put a musical theater <laughs> clip in one of his shows. Like he's incapable. So, <laughs> well, color me interested. Yeah. All right, that was the mailbag. That's what people got going on this week. Okay. Um, I think it's time for uh, medium talk, huh? I think it is. Preheat the oven. Well, unless you're Abdul. Sandro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we're on season 10 or season 13, depending on your location, of The Great British Bake Off. And mm-hmm. we are very close to the home stretch. And we were talking about doing a mid-season update on this. And we were kind of late, so... Mm-hmm. It's a I mean, bit overdue. We talked about doing a early season episode, and then we decided, mm-hmm. now nah, let's wait until we, you know, we learn people's personalities and stuff. And then, yeah, we pretty much whiffed it. I'm glad. I'm glad that we waited. Yeah, so. I think so. There's an. There's quite a bit to talk about. Yeah. Um. So this is a. I think it's been a very good season overall. I like most of the bakers. Mm-hmm. Um. The challenges are pretty par for the course. I have some gripes with them, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought we might get started by talking about our favorite and least favorite baker. Okay. I think you should start because mine are a little, um, I don't know, unobvious. Um, okay. So my least favorite was Carol. <laughs> Poor Carol, but I love Carol's accent. Poor Carol, I do too, but like her whole thing was irritating to me. Carol is the one with purple hair. Mm-hmm. She's a grocery store checker and she's a gardener. And I love like her as a person, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was just such a mess. Everything she did was just so <laughs> ridiculous. Well, we knew she wasn't going to last because in the first episode, she was talking about basically not messing with the classics. She's like, why would you do it any other way? And I was like, oh, here we go. Whenever they say that, I'm like, well, then you better do it perfectly or they're going to toss you out the door. Which they did. Which they did eventually. Uh, She lasted longer than I thought she would. Yep, I did too. But there were just, it was one of those where there was people who were weaker than her every week. Yep, exactly. And then my favorite is Yanush. I just love him. Uh, I love his reactions. I love his expressions. He does little quips. Um, and I think the editors love him too because like almost every episode I will be like, okay, we need to rewind and, and rewatch that. He said a little funny thing or he made a funny face. Um, and he's like this Polish gay guy he's just very sassy and cute and funny and i just love him i like him i have some issues with him as a baker though yeah i can see that i think he's been quite one note the whole time he's Mm -hmm. got his usually kind of rectangular shaped thing with the drip drip. (laughs) down the side semi-naked with the drip and uh, I think he had a lot of promise in the first episode or two, and I don't think he's pushed himself at all. Well, and I have a real... I'll talk about it a bit later, but one of his choices I have a serious issue with. Mm, okay. Interesting. Uh, but he makes for very good television. 
He does. <laughs> I, I think it's more his personality, and yep. I just don't care what he does. Right. As <laughs> I long just as love you him. Get to watch him doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So for my well. My instinct is to say that my favorite is Sandro, but I feel like that might be a little bit basic, as Hillary would say. Because what Sandro is, has like a fan base. Already. I know what is not to love. I people go nuts over a big, um, quote unquote, masculine. Well, I don't know. He's got a lot of piercings. Like he's got. I think he's got a lot of, of irritating. He's honestly, got, he's got great tattoos. Well, he's trying too hard. Yeah, he's that's, kind of a peacock, and I just, I don't know, that's sort of a turnoff for me. I think I, he's a little Yeah, silly. why would you wear leather pants in a uh, baking yeah. competition? There, there's, yeah. there's no point this, to that. Yes, you're right. He absolutely is. is he's just peacocking. trying to be a thirst trap. But yeah. Yes, but people are loving the juxtaposition of the traditionally masculine with the more feminine qualities, quote-unquote, 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 as if he's just secure. Yes, I am curious how he gets away with being a baker and being so like such like a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Like that is an intriguing situation to me. Like, you know, I I always thought they like were so disciplined and never had a a grain of sugar in their lives to look like that. I don't know. I suspect he doesn't eat a lot of what he bakes. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. That takes out some of the joy. Maybe he takes it to the children he nannies for. He is a nanny. <laughs> yes, it's the best. It is. I mean, it really is. Uh, but anyway, as I said, too basic, too easy. So I'm going to say my favorite was Kevin, the subdued Scottish guy. And I don't yeah. know why. I just liked him. I liked how laid back he is and how calm he is, was. I don't know. Do we still talk? He's. I mean, he still is laid back, even though he's no longer on the show. Right. Um, even though a lot of times the best things about his bakes were the titles. I mean, that man could never pass up a punny title. Um, <laughs> he had a, his ideas were never like fully formed. Uh, and he and I, I don't know, a, a pox on Clooty dumplings. Scottish bakers, stop trying to bake the Clooty dumplings. They look disgusting and they don't Ugh. taste good. I yeah. know it's your heritage, but it doesn't work on that show. But, but I, you're right. I mean, he did something called sweetbreads are made of these, yes. which is like so good. <laughs> His showstopper titles were always magnificent puns, mm-hmm. but he was like Mike Frizzell. It's like he thought of the name and had to work backwards. Right. And it's <laughs> not a good recipe. Not for Paul Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and then I would say the person that I found the most irritating was the flamboyant Scottish guy, James, who came wearing like a, a rainbow plaid quilt. Uh, quilt um yeah. kilt for the first episode i just found him to be quite extra i had a problem with i, I don't know he had like a, a laugh kind of verbal tick that mm. irritated me mm-hmm. i kind of i kind of agree i i was not sad to see him go he he also um was one for um weird names for his bakes like the mm-hmm. macaron bake he made raccoons <laughs> macarons with raccoon shapes Mm, okay and i was like woof we're working hard (laughs) (laughs) but yes i just i just found him to be o o t t as the kids say what does that mean over the top (gasps) really i think so so i assume that's what it means cool slang wrong yeah we're learning things no i'm I'm sure you're right but there is nobody that i hated 
am hating this year. I mean, hate is a strong word. Like, right. I know Christy's going to be really upset with me, but whatever season or the last season, I really dislike Lizzie. I just, mm-hmm. she irritated me so much. I was like, do you even want to be here? Because right. you're so sour all the time. <laughs> I, I think, was, yeah, I found Rebs a little irritating. Yep. Um, not sad to see her go. Like, I feel like she was clearly she, someone who was going to go early just because of unforced errors. She just did stupid stuff all the time. She did stupid stuff all the time and she could barely do anything without everybody else helping her to get it done. Yep. So bye bye, Rebs. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> um, okay. Um, my next question is how do we feel about a Paul Hollywood handshake? And I kind of feel like it's a weird, arbitrary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's kind of gross, and I feel like they're all kind of, like, slobbering for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. why he gives them a handshake sometimes and not other times. There are times where he's like, this is the best thing I've ever had. I love this. This is incredible. Bye. Yeah, there's... You know, like, there's what? a lot of calculation in the Hollywood hand handshake that I don't like. Yeah, I think it's kind of weird. And I just don't like that he is elevated to this God status, yep. which I think maybe leads into your feelings on it. Yeah, I hate the reaction to a Hollywood handshake. So he give, solemnly extends his hand and the baker's like, <gasps> and give the handshake. And the whole rest of the tent is like, <gasps> It's like they get proposed they to get by a Paul round Hollywood. of applause for God's sakes. Yeah, I'm like, it's a fucking handshake, people. Come and they're on. like, oh, I haven't washed my hand. I know. Yeah. So what I wrote was, stop putting the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> Agree. It, it's yeah. just, can we normalize the handshake, people? I I don't know. I ugh ugh. Stop I feel like sometimes it's hard to not envision like myself there and what I would do. And I think sometimes if I got really good feedback, I feel like my instinct would be to just stick out my hand and see what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> just force it. Like, give me a handshake. You mean I'm not, then, I'm not the only person who has imagined what I would do in particular situations on Bake Off? I think everybody does, right? <laughs> I don't know. But do then they? he'd have to, what, what would he stick out his hand and then, like, be like, nope, and then slick his hair back like yeah. a little cool dude? Psych. Ooh, there's a slang. Mm-hmm. Ooh, psych. Very good. <laughs> yeah, mm. I would be happy to do away with the Hollywood handshake, or we can keep it if we give Prue something that is equally as uh, cherished, I guess. Yeah, I feel like there are some host kind of like people do things to pander to them which is you know understandable but like sandro puts so much alcohol in everything he cooks because he's like prue's a drunk (laughs) ha 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 i know well i mean do we want to talk about that right now yes (laughs) sandro tries too hard yes he's thirsting so hard for the handshake for him huh hmm he wants it too much you're never gonna get it if you chase it that hard man or when you do get it, it's going to be tainted. I don't know. Weird. So he always does 20% too much in his yes, bakes. Like he, he builds the lily so hard. You're like, wait, there's a lily in there? Like he's got good <laughs> stuff. Like, he's a really good baker. He just makes it too big and too 
much. He is really good, which mm-hmm. is funny because it's like overshadowed by all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. He has the right kind of personality to be there in that he's he's pretty fun to talk to, mm-hmm. it seems. He can hold his own with Matt and Noel, unlike Maxie, R.I.P. Maxie, <laughs> who just seemed completely overwhelmed by them and flustered by them but sandro can you know um toss the ball back plus he's got a really calm demeanor where he doesn't freak out he just you know like he's definitely got the temperament to do it he's got a lot of the skills he comes he does really well in the technical um challenge every week like he's never been even close Mm -hmm. to the bottom in technical so he's got good instincts he just is he's he's a try hard he is. Yep. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Paul Ho. Oh, oh pandering. Pandering to the judges. He wants I, the handshake real bad. Yeah, and I think never gotten one. There are certain reasons. There are certain ways to pander to the judges. Um, working with ingredients that you know that they like and avoiding ingredients that you know that they hate, I think is smart. I am still baffled every time somebody's like, I'm using coconut essence. Yes. Like, what are you yes. doing? Or Just don't I'm, do... I'm using, have you ever seen this show? I know. I've, I'm using matcha powder. Like, yeah. They love on, that man. stuff. I just thought I'd add some banana essence. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> some artificial whatever flavoring. This just is not going to work out. <laughs> no. But on the other... Again, going back to Sandro, he just key limed up his volivants yep. last week because he knows how much Paul loves key lime anything. Oh and, my gosh, and, the volivants were such a mess. I know. <laughs> well, and then Paul was like, "Did you use key limes or Persians?" And I was like, "What the fuck difference does it make? It doesn't." America's Test Kitchen tested them all, and it makes no difference whether you use key limes or regular limes persian limes just a hell of a lot more work to use key limes have you ever done anything with key limes yes they're pain in the ass yes me too they're tiny yeah they're tiny i i made a key lime pie once um and it was like i had to core you know or juice like Four thousand yes. tiny limes, and I was like, "Why am I doing There's this?" There's like a teaspoon of lime juice, <laughs> right? In each one, it's terrible. <laughs> not worth it. No, not at all. If he says he can tell the difference between a Persian lime and a key lime, he is absolutely full of it. He's out of his mind. Yeah, I doubt there are very many people who have ever actually had a true key lime pie because no bakery does that. Who makes that? Yeah. <laughs> You and me, because well, we're crazy and wanted once, to try it. Yeah. Once and exactly. never again. Exactly. I know. It was just stupid. Was my very early Instagram has a picture of a thousand key lime shells in my sink. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Yep. Um, my next topic is bake versus no bake. Now, this show is called Great British Bake Off, not Great British deep fry off or great British grill off or great British saute off. And I get, I always get kind of irritated when they have a challenge that is not baking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this was extremely obvious on Mexican week, which is a whole other thing, which we'll talk about in a Mm -hmm. second. But like they had them make tacos. You mean tacos? Tacos. (laughs) Tacos. With Pico, with Pico de Gallo. Oh, God bless him. 
And I could not get over, like, why tacos? Why? Just why? Because that's, that's the Mexican thing they know. Yeah. And this kind of gets back to my gripe about Europeans and their disdain for certain ethnic foods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they love Indian foods, but they, like, you cannot find cilantro in Italy. They just will not. It doesn't exist. You can't grow it. So, like, the fact that they don't have pico de gallo is not a huge surprise because what is it without cilantro? Mm -hmm. But the fact, I don't know, just the fact that they had them make tacos kind of drives me insane. I know. Like, I go, I'm a little torn on this issue because I 100% agree with you. And yet I'm weirdly okay with the ice cream. And that's not baking either. It's not, but it's kind of in the same, like, universe. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it, it, it's desserty. Yeah, tacos but, are yeah. not anywhere near baking or anywhere near dessert. Yeah, like, I usually, I'm okay with the ice cream. I guess they usually have some sort of baked element as a sponge or a mm -hmm. cone or something with it. That ice cream challenge was, I don't know, I was a little, there wasn't much baking in that either. Yep. Um, yeah, but I just, well, we'll, we'll get to more of Mexican week later, but I just <laughs> thought, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not interested in watching a cooking show. I'm interested in walking, watching a baking show. Yeah, those exist and they're kind of lame. Yep. I'm trying to think of other ones that they have done that are not. Oh, this so, season. Anyway. Oh, this season. Well, so I always go back. Uh, to the flat bread on the stone grill in the final a few seasons oh, ago. Yeah, um, that was terrible. Yes, and frankly, I the, that kind of carbohydrate, I guess, is what we can say about it. <laughs> like that's not that's a vehicle for something else. Always, whether you're talking about the corn tortillas or because nobody is like, oh, I'm just going to have a lovely tortilla today. You no, know, it's, it's not the stars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so why you would introduce a challenge like that where the thing that you're grading on is something that doesn't really matter in the grand scope of the dish. I don't know. Something that is a, like a accompaniment. Right, like, like I can appreciate the difference between a good tortilla and a bad tortilla, but they're not that far apart. Right. All right, well, when we start Anne and Meredith's Great Bake Off. Well, we might, because <laughs> we know we mad what about the rules. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no cooking allowed. Um, okay, so the next thing that I thought about is Bake Off has definitely influenced my behavior. Mm-hmm. In a couple of different ways. And one is buying stuff and one is, is baking stuff. And every, like, whenever there's something that looks really delicious, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to try that. But baking, as you know, is very hard when there's just you or just, well, it's basically just me. Gregory just can't you. Yeah. eat stuff, <laughs> these things. So, and I don't even have a workplace to bring them into, theoretically. So, unless I drove it to Massachusetts, where my office mm -hmm. is. And I'm not going to do that. Probably not. But... In the olden days, I think Bake Off is where my passion fruit obsession started. Oh. 
because they use it so much more there in their bakes. That's uh, true. I I just feel like it's not such a thing here. Um, and I I have been to the Dominican Republic, which is where a lot of passion fruit is grown, and everything there had it on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I sort of forgot about it. And when they were making passion fruit glazed cakes on Bake Off, I was like, ooh, I really want to try that again. <laughs> and then I became obsessed, and now I have a subscription to passion fruit. Of course so you So I do. get like 12 every month, and they just show up. Like 12 actual passion fruits? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. There's a farm in Florida. There's actually another one in Southern California I was looking at, too, because they have other kind of fruit, too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it is very in, incongruous that the British are so enmeshed with their passion fruit. I mean, colonialism. Obviously. I was about to say maybe that's kind of a <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah one of the the hallmarks of their uh, colonial past. All right, but it just it does seem interesting how um, for granted. They seem to take passion fruit. And, like, as you mentioned, uh, Indian food. is That's just part of British cuisine is Indian food at this point, where they can't say that about something like Mexican food. Right, which is really interesting. I don't, I'm not sure exactly why that is. I don't know enough about it. But when I was in Ireland, there was Indian food everywhere, too. Yep. It's just sort of that whole region. But passion fruit... I, I love it because it's sour, and I love a sour, like, kind of tangy flavor like that. Mm-hmm. So I will just put it – I will just cut them open and put them on Greek yogurt, just plain Greek yogurt, and it's Ooh, so good. I do like a passion fruit Greek yogurt. It's so good. Mm. Or I will make a curd out of it. I've done that uh, quite a lot, and I buy them sometimes because it's a lot of work. Um, I but, I yeah, s- I definitely bought – passion fruit in the store here. Not that I've ever been looking – it's in the- season like v- for like two weeks mm. and you'll find them in the store and they're like five dollars each yeah <laughs> just absurd so like super expensive but you can buy the juice online you can buy like the puree or just the goo because it's kind of <laughs> weird it's like yellow goo with black seeds but that are kind of crunchy are, yeah they're so crunchy that does kind of throw me for a loop yeah, so the the trick is you got to kind of whiz them in the blender for a second to kind of separate that stuff, and then you strain out mm. all that th- stuff. If you're if you're making like curd or something yep. that needs to be smooth, otherwise I don't mind eating the seeds. They're they're a little bit crunchy and they're harmless. I did just buy a white grapefruit at the store last week. Mm. I haven't eaten it yet, so I don't know what it looks like. But it's green. It's this grapefruit size and it's green. And I had it at the checkout and it didn't have a sticker on it because, you know, why would it have a sticker on it? And the clerk was like, of course, what is this? Is this this? really, is this a giant lime? And I was like, no, (laughs) that's why it caught my eye. Cause I was like, is that a giant lime? So what are you doing with it? You're just going to cut it in half and eat it. it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to see. Oh, I love a plain grapefruit. I mean, Mm -hmm. that goes along with my love of sour things. I think they're awesome. On their own. I do like a sprinkle of sugar on it. Yes. I wish they weren't quite so hard to eat uh, because I don't have any grapefruit spoons. I should have remembered to steal one from my mother when I was at her house the other day. That's something that I always think like, oh, I should get one of those and I never do. They're awesome. But they are. I think we had one when I was a kid because we I feel like we ate a lot of grapefruits when I was little. And my dad would cut the segments and Mm -hmm. then we would scoop them out with a grapefruit spoon. 
Mm. Chef's kiss. Oh, man. So do you feel like Bake Off has ever made you, like, buy something you wouldn't normally buy? Oh, of course it has. I just, I'm not super sure. I'll tell you one thing that I have used that maybe, uh, maybe it came in when I was really getting into baking, but it definitely could have been a Bake Off thing, is um, Mascarpone or Mm. Mascarpone. I think there's an R in there. Or is there? Mascarpone. Mascarpone. They Let's always say it weird. It uh, mascarpone. Um, which I think is amazing to use. It is. One of our slang words. It's like the texture of cream cheese, but without the cream cheese tang. So it it pairs really well with like a nice jam. So, mm, mm. Little toast with mascarpone, mm. some strawberry jam on the top of it. I like it. I like making um, frostings with mascarpone. No cap. So I think that's the thing that springs to mind, specifically with ingredients, because I'm just too practical about ingredients. If I can't get them at the store easily, then I'm like, eh, it's probably not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because mascarpone is like, Kind of like cream cheese, but a little bit more like sour. I I don't know. I've always thought of it as different, different, but it's definitely like a cousin of cream cheese. The other Mm -hmm. thing that I've never actually bought, but I want to buy because of Bake Off is leaf gelatin. Oh my gosh. I can't. Yeah, we don't really have that, do Mm -mm. we? Mm -mm. I've often wondered why ours is powdered and theirs is sheets. Yeah, well, I honestly, it's because I think they use so much of it. Huh. The other thing, oh, the other thing that they have that we don't is, well, we do, but it's stem ginger. Mm, yeah. They use a lot, which is, I think, just, what, pickled ginger? Um, I'm not sure. Or preserved ginger Preser- in some way? I, Yeah, preserved ginger, maybe. Yeah, I don't see that, like, in the grocery Mm-mm. store. Mm-mm, and I've looked. And they use it a lot. Yes, they so do. I'm- I'm very curious about that. I'd be interested to try it because I know that, you know, spices lose a lot of flavor in the oven. So if you get something that was stem ginger, preserved ginger, I would wonder if it would hold that flavor better. Yeah, I wonder. But I wonder if it's a little bit more mild, like if it's something because like if you just had a chunk of ginger, eating it would be kind of rough. Uh (laughs) But I bet you if it's preserved and kind of in a sugar syrup... It would be a little bit more edible. Sounds like we need to do some experiments for science. Let's try it out. I bet you can. <laughs> we we can make stem ginger. I probably yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But do I want oh, to? Do I want to? That reminds me of my vanilla extract experiment. Oh, it's finally really? a year later getting to where I would actually use it. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time and i have added more vanilla bean to it uh which is the plan you know like six months in add another you know split another vanilla bean and add it in there and now it's looking appropriate and it smells pretty good so i Mm. think like i'm able to start kind of using it now so if you're making your own vanilla extract it takes a year and i don't know why you would do it which is what you said originally Anne. (laughs) <laughs> be patient so i whoops i found 
Oh, the first website that said, you know, homemade stem ginger. Where's the freaking recipe, lady? <laughs> There's no recipe anywhere. Oh, it's not very wait, Jump to recipe. Where are amounts? Um, it takes me to an ad. Cool. Cool. Never mind. I love the internet now. <sighs> okay, I found one, which is 12 ounces of ginger, which is two to three big roots, four cups of cold water, and one cup of sugar. Ooh. So you cut the ginger into bite-sized pieces. You put it in a saucepan, bring it to a boil, simmer it, drain the ginger, reserve the liquid, take the liquid and mix it with the sugar, dissolve the sugar, add the ginger back in and boil for 45 minutes. Wow. Oh, and then put it in sterilized jars. Yeah. Nope. So it's like canned canning. No, when we you. get into the whole sterilization things, like, I'm not that into it. Me neither. My mom cans all the time, so I could probably talk her into doing this. <laughs> and your mom's a good baker, too, so. Yeah, she and she loves Bake Off, too. Very so good. So she would know. Drop a bug in her ear. Yep. Um, okay, has, has Bake Off made you bake anything that you wouldn't have normally baked? This is a big question, and oh. I feel like... Yes, absolutely. The answer is, of course it has. <laughs> Nothing this season yet that I've been, I've felt compelled to bake. But like, I've tried Swiss rolls. I baked a couple of those. Those are tricky, I have yeah. to say. But I mean, to get them so that they look good and don't crack. Um, God, what else have I baked? Lots of stuff. Like some of the breads, some of the more like enriched dough stuff mm-hmm. i would say i've tried a lot of um it's hard to remember what is prompted by the show and what is prompted by my own dumb brain like right. <laughs> i'm i'm sure they've never made croissants on the show cuz that's just too time intensive right um but they have made lots of laminated stuff i was thinking <laughs> like it would be kind of fun to try Volavants, despite the fact that it is such like a 70s thing well that doesn't but they they all were kind of such a disaster that I it know. was like oh i wonder if i could do better right but they did yes. not give them enough time for that no. they, well, they, they never, never do. do they never do i mean where would the drama come from if they gave right. them adequate time to you know do the recipes the way that they should be done it's kind of unfair yeah, I don't know. And and if I'm going to do laminated dough, I'm going to do the full puff pastry. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do rough puff. I think that's sort of bullshit. Um, but you need time. Right. Yeah. And you would have time because you're not on a televised competition. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I thought about pavlova's. Um, I have made pavlova in the past, like a large one mm-hmm. with berries and cream. It's wonderful. Um, and, but they, gosh, I don't remember which season it was, but they made like mini ones and I thought it would be cute because I had all these passion fruit to make mini pavlovas and put a little divot on the middle and make, and put some passion fruit curd in there and they looked like little eggs. Oh, and it was very cute. Oh, I like that. And delicious. I love pavlovas and they're like. Kind of intimidating, but I haven't had a much of a failure with them yet. So I'm like, my confidence is bolstered. Mm, that's cool. And you can make them as simple as or as complicated as you want, really. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I love them with whipped cream, but they were very good with the curd as well. Mm. And I think they'd be great with lemon. I mean, anything really. Yeah. Sweet and acid in there to Mm -hmm. balance each other out. (laughs) I totally know what I'm talking about. You are so scientific. Who has to go to culinary school? I can just watch TV (laughs) until I know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is a big one. This is something that sounded gross to you, but that the judges... Like, well, this is all of British desserts, frankly, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> British desserts are the pits, and I can they say really that as are. someone who has lived in England, and my <laughs> mom will <laughs> concur with that impression. And and they think our desserts are just over the top OTT and way yeah. too sweet. But oh man, I I would just like to say, almost anything they make that has gelatin. And it is so weird, mm-hmm. like custard week, and they made them all make a custard gateau. Ugh. Oh, just, oh, yuck. Why? Yeah, it's funny because the Brits are not known for their culinary expertise. No, they like, like desserts that jiggle. Yeah, and a lot of the food that is very good there is from other cultures that they yeah. appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that the category, whole category that I think looks pretty wretched are puddings, like steamed puddings. Yeah. And they go gaga over them. Like, I could see my way to trying a sticky toffee pudding. That sounds like, I guess, you know, there could be something there. But most of these steamed, like steamed suet puddings and stuff. Look oh, suet. So Get out of here. Like suet, suet is nasty. Current, and then they just pour cream over the top of it, oh. and they're like, yum, 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 yum. It, it kind of veers into fruitcake territory, which honestly, I think fruitcake has kind of a bad rap, but mm-hmm. it's not like, whose first choice is that? I don't Nobody's... know. I, I think there's a nostalgia factor. For the Brits, because steamed puddings have been such a part of British school lunches, because mm. they talk about it. All. Oh, we had this in school. So I think it's one of those things where you're just fond of it because it evokes that time in your life when you were less picky. Yeah. It I just guess. seems like a soggy, like watery cake. Yes. <laughs> I don't really get it. Anything but you have to boil for an hour and a half to make <laughs> edible. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Gross. I don't know. Maybe I should make one. (laughs) You never have? I'd be curious. Maybe we should do that next on our Yeah. What was that one? They they made, uh, um, it was a Mary Berry challenge. It was a whole lemon pudding. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. Where they took the entire lemon and (gasps) wrapped the, like, the... was it brown All around sugar the outside? And, and yeah, and the pastry dough around outside, and they cooked it. And ugh. Ugh. yeah, that seems like too too much. Yeah, well, let's let's try it. Well, you and I will make a pact that we'll try this in some way. We need to find a recipe. Okay, hmm. Mary Berry lemon, whole lemon pudding, whole lemon. Pudding. I want to, we got to figure this out right now. Yep. Whole lemon cake with lemon cheesecake icing. Nope. Sussex pond. Pudding. Yes. That's what it was because it, ugh. Oh, that looks foul. Okay. 
foolproof result. Mm. You will need a 1.5 liter pudding basin. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to do it. Okay. It calls for flour, suet, and milk. <laughs> Can we use lard instead of suet? No, we have to make it according no. to the recipe. I don't know how to find suet, though, other than in bird seed. <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, people food grade. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, because it smells awful. The filling is three Cox apples, ha, 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 butter, muscovado sugar, and one large lemon. <laughs> this is foul. Okay, let's do it. I'm okay. excited. Um, where to buy baking suet? We could where buy... Where to buy... Pudding. A Torah shredded beef suet for $13.20 on Amazon. Oh, apparently they have, well, uh, do they really have it at the Walmart Supercenter near me? Well, Ugh. no, Walmart is trying to be Amazon and everything is online. Oh, oh, yeah. I think What's we get a pudding it. basin, though? That's my big question here. Okay, well. Pudding basin. Amazon Kitchen Craft Pudding Basin. It looks like a big old bowl. Pudding Basin for steaming. Oh, that's one pint. That's two pint. Okay, I'm going to need some liters here, people. One pint. Oh, well, two and three quarter pint. Is that's a very specific. Is a one half liters. Oh, here we go. Oh, $36.75. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, it's a stoneware basin, but it's well, 1.5 liters. But what are you going to do with it after this? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe we're going to love it and we'll make it all the time. We'll be like, mm, give me that whole lemon steamed bread. All right. Well, it's it's a plan. <laughs> we'll we'll work this out, people. Yeah. And we're going to make Sussex Pond puddings. Please let us know if you've done something like this before and how it turned out and how you liked it. I need to know. Oof. All right. Anyway, back to gross things. What do anyway, you think sounded gross? Um, like this season, every single pizza that they made on Bread Week. Oh yeah, that was just a hard fully one. foul. Because they're trying. They're trying. They're trying to be different. And like, well, what's wrong with pepperoni? I wish they wouldn't try because my boy Yanush made a. Breck, like a, a Eng yeah. full English breakfast yeah. pizza. Although egg on pizza, I've heard is good. Well, egg is Fried one egg. thing. He put black sausage and beans and tomatoes. Yeah. Now, how did we um, feel about Kevin's now bring us some figgy pizza? <laughs> Fig on pizza is not unheard of. I was not offended by that. Although, no, but again, the title. <laughs> yeah, well, the title is great. <laughs> but Kevin, he made he left his in, in too large of chunks. Always, mm -hmm. he wanted too much texture, too many chunks. Yep. yep. Paul is not. You don't chunks. want chunks. Yep. Um, I had a real problem with Dawn's Tex-Mex pizza oh, because well, she, she uses yeah. stew steak, like what? And she put sour cream and guacamole on top, which sounds just absolutely foul to me. Well, she didn't really have the faintest idea of what actual Tex-Mex is. Well, clearly yeah. she's never been to Torchies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, dear sweet. Uh, Sabira's prawn sambal and stinky bean pizza. Okay, stinky bean. 
Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was a good stinky bean. The Where? stinky was the pee, right? It's like asparagus. That was what she said. She said oh. it makes your pee smell bad. No, no. So none no, of this was appetizing no. to me in any... I mean, if it stank on the pizza, that's gross. And if it makes your pee stink later, that's also gross. gross. Like, I don't want to think about any of that. Yeah, yeah. And there were lots of jokes about how Paul Hollywood's pee was going to smell later. No. And I was like, I, You know, don't. I can do without those, those jokes. Yes. I, I don't need to think about Paul Hollywood's nether regions in any nope. way. Nope, nope, nope. No, thank you. And then there was that Swedish dish, Smorgastarta? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, probably no better than them. But yeah. it's basically a cake made out of just sandwich material, but it always has like fish in it. I had a revelation <laughs> watching okay. this. In that my grandma Lundholm was many wonderful things, but a good cook was not one of them. Uh, and I'm not picky. So if I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's not good. But Something when I, wrong. she used to serve me when I would go, when I was a teenager over to her house for lunch, this thing that she bought from Jerry's Market, <clears throat> which was called a triple loaf, which was... A layer of white bread, a layer of tuna salad, a layer of bread, a layer of ham salad, a layer of bread, a layer of chicken salad, something with mayonnaise in it. And then the whole thing was, quote unquote, frosted with some sort of mayonnaise concoction and then right. you sliced it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, she was feeding me tarta. She was. <laughs> and it was vile. That sounds disgusting. It was extremely disgusting. But I'm so excited now that I know where this comes from. <laughs> I mean, you've got that 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 influence. Yep, right? absolutely. Strong Scandinavian influence here. Yeah. But I and, don't know and, if this is one that we need. Well, but it were it's worth mentioning that Kevin named his I've started so I'll fin ish kevin (laughs) r.i.p and maxi like she came in second on this one but she used to live there i know (laughs) like come on (laughs) i know wasn't it was this when phil went to denmark or did they do this on Great British Bake Off? Oh, and that there's a, I think it must have been on Phil, where uh, we just talk about Phil, like we don't have to explain who he is, you know. And no, some, everybody feels Phil, somebody love Phil, whatever it's called. Uh, and they he went to Denmark and they talked about how the like the open faced sandwich is such a huge um, cultural thing mm. there. So I just sort of think it's like a Scandinavian sandwich issue. I'm sure just, it tastes good I'm when you're there. Sure. I just have a problem with icing things with mayonnaise or like ranch is another yes. thing that I've seen. Like that's not icing. Stop it. With Oof. That's not icing. I, I mean, I have a general problem with British people trying to interpret other people's cuisines without doing any kind of basic work. That brings us to our next topic. <laughs> Which I mean, is, it's, it's Mexican. We'll make tacos. Tacos. Yes. So there is a controversy section here. And my main one was Mexican week. 
Uh, well, I have two. And, and Mexican Week got a lot of press. Sure um, did. They did a pretty bad job with that. They sure uh, did. I don't know if I really need to recap that, but like the intro was offensive. The food was basic and like really disappointing. Un- uninspired. It was chilies and chocolate or it was lime, basically. Right. So they had them make tres leches cake, which is okay, fine. But they had them make tacos as if there's only pan dulce or tres leches and that's the end of Mexican baking. Mm-hmm. So we better have them make tacos, which isn't baking. And nobody knew what they were doing. And they had to make pico de gallo, which is just salsa, but like bigger. And nobody understood. And they peeled an avocado with a knife. With, oh, with a vegetable peeler. Yeah. It was it was terrible, and and you know when they did the pan the pan dulce, the bakers were like, "I've done my research, and so I'm going to make conchas, right?" Which is absolutely the most basic. Basic. My uh, lovely Kevin was one of the only people who didn't choose conchas. He made sweet breads are made mm-hmm. of these for a right. <laughs> My favorite title, I think. Of course, of course. Um, but it's like they spent 30 seconds Googling. And that's just the contestants. Like, contestants, how much knowledge and prep do we ex- expect them to have? But I take more issue with the producers mm-hmm. who really seem to celebrate the ignorance rather than trying to, I don't know, challenge themselves and, like, learn about yeah, it. Yeah, like, it felt like we were supposed to laugh at them. Yeah, we were just reveling in the ignorance of it all. I mean, starting with the hosts, with Matt and Noel, and you can understand how this went. And to be clear, I like both Matt and Noel in their own spheres very much. I don't like them on Bake Off because um, I think they're not right for it. But it was clear that somebody said to them beforehand, now we have to be respectful and not racist <laughs> and, <laughs> and you this can is what tell they came up with. that matt took that and thought let me get my serape and my sombrero Ooh. i'm surprised they weren't wearing fake mustaches honestly well, matt's whole deal before this was offensive comedy like yep. he's done some real messed up stuff yep. in the past he when you show him a line he is going to find a way. He doesn't like blaze over a line. He like sidles around the line mm-hmm. looking innocent. Like what could possibly be offensive about this? <laughs> Not I, even Juan. Oh God. Was there a joke? And I think it's um, a little bit indicative of the mm, now people in glass houses should not throw stones but the different kind of racism that exists in british culture uh in that they don't really see anything wrong mm-hmm. with this because this had to go through a lot of layers a before lot. it made it to the air and apparently it was fine with to everyone not just the antics of Matt and Noel, but the challenges and the editing and all the everything that went into this ill-conceived um, theme. There were just so many people that were like, yep, seems good to me. 
colorful, yep, uh, spicy, the end. Okay, good. Yep, that's Mexico. And we in the United States have our problems. But I don't think... I was going to say... I mean, plenty of people are, but there are enough of us that are not cavalier anymore about other people's cultures in the way that this particular episode was very cavalier. I think that's the right word. Yeah. About Mexican culture. We're trying. And guys, Mexico is so much bigger than Great Britain. Like, there's so many more Mexicans in the world than Great Britain's. I don't understand how they can adopt this sort of casual racist superiority about it. I haven't been to Mexico City, but... I've heard that it's like one of the most incredible places in the world. <laughs> I would really love to go. I mean, I and watched Phil like, go there. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it seems like they reduced it down to some really yep. base, boring stuff. And Tacos they were just and like, tres leches. this is silly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I at least, I appreciated Shabira in that episode who really tried to embrace corn which is a real yes. sort of big, authentic and part of Mexican culture and tried to make that work. And they were like, mm, corn, huh? Weird. But, you know, at least she tried. She did. Unlike, I'm going to make horchata tres leches. Yeah. Um, I think the other controversy that really bothered me, <laughs> and maybe this isn't a controversy to anyone but me, but like s'mores. They miss the point. They use digestive biscuits, which is insane. I mean, they don't have graham crackers. But they could make them. They sure could. (laughs) And they used ganache instead of just like, you just use a Hershey bar. Come on. Like, I know this is Bake Off, so you can't do that. But then don't do the challenge. Cheap chocolate is the point of s'mores. You don't elevate a s'more. No. S'mores are to be made around the campfire. And by the way... They're not a Halloween thing. No. S'mores are summer food. And like, I forget who it was, but somebody got all upset that theirs were burning. I was like, that's the point. (laughs) I wanted to strangle everyone who was making s'mores. But most of all, whoever came up with that challenge and recipe. Yep. That was just infuriating. And it was completely shaped wrong. It was a tall cylinder. Yeah. Which anybody could tell you that's not going to work. No, Nobody. of course hey, not. Hey, you don't eat s'mores with a fork. What the fuck are you doing? And you do make them. You don't make them with a torch either. <laughs> nope. I mean, in the worst situation, you make them over the gas stove. Flame. Yes, I've done fork. that before. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. That yeah. made me more mad than Mexican Week, which is maybe inappropriate, but it's true. Uh, well, that's it's because it's our thing, right? Yeah. I felt the same. Seasons and seasons ago when they did American style fruit pies. Oh, yeah. first, they didn't even use the right kind of pie crust. Like, they right. didn't use flaky American pie dough. And then they who who was it? Kate? Katie? Whatever her name was, Kate, I think, who did chocolate peanut butter pumpkin yes. pie. And it was awful. And, like, none of them had any idea of what an actual American pie yeah. looked like. Let's keep this to British food if we're going to fuck it up like this. Right. It's called the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. And, and, you know, I really love that they're opening it not just to people who are native Britons, whatever that means, but to immigrants who live uh, in the country. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I can't yes. totally see that we would do that in America. But 
you know, so make that be the international part of it. Keep the bakes British. You keep it with those Sussex pawn puddings. Mm-hmm. Make have them make spotted dick. They've never done that before. Yeah, Noel and, and Matt can funny. get some mileage out of that. Of yes. <laughs> Well, my contribution to the controversy is not necessarily with the show, but just that I feel that Red Velvet Cake is bullshit. I don't care what anybody else says. The Red Velvet Cake is the Emperor's new clothes, as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. It's nothing special, just enough red dye to make your poop turn black. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it actually does, but that much red dye cannot be good for your body. And it doesn't taste of anything except for mild cocoa. Like, why? Well, isn't the whole idea behind red velvet that the acid in the cocoa would interact with the baking soda or powder? It doesn't make that big of a difference. Because I thought that, like, cocoa used to be more basic or acidic i don't remember i mean Which it depends it is, on whether you like... used if you use uh, regular cocoa or if you use dutch cocoa mm-hmm. but i think i think the regular cocoa is more acidic because i don't think you used to have to make so much red food coloring i don't know i don't know but all i know is <laughs> they put a ton of it in there and i just i don't think the flavor is anything special i think it's people are like ooh, red and yes, it has cream cheese frosting, but lots of things can have cream cheese yeah, frosting. Yeah, you don't have to have this yucky vinegar cake. Yeah. I just don't like it at all. And I, I don't know. I don't understand why everybody gets so excited about it. One of Gregory's favorite jokes is, what is it about red velvet cake that makes women such bitches? Which doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but is funny every time red velvet comes up. I don't know. Maybe it's the vinegar. Well, count me in as a bitch about red velvet cake. Me too. Me too. I'm an anti, not a pro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, uh, let's talk about the hosts. Let's. I mean, we talked about the um, boundary pushing on them. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really miss the days when the hosts were interested in baking. Yes. And say what you will about Mel and Sue, the old hosts, for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, they could be annoying, but at least they were interested in what was going on. Yes, they might come over and like accidentally lean their elbow onto somebody's <laughs> Maybe rising a, batch of biscuits right. and ruin them, but they did it because they were interested and wanted to know what was going on. I mean, in this last episode... Noel was over with Max and he was like, what's this? And she's like, that's an egg whisk whisk brush. And then he was like, oh, and he went at first he tossed it down and then he went on a whole riff about how he egg washed the legs of a priest at a bus stop once. Yeah. And I was like, can we contribute something? Other than foolishness to this? Well, no, because that's what he wants to do. And like, I appreciate his foolishness. Just, I don't know. I'd like to see him, either of them care a little bit about what's going on. And it's, it's clear that they know, because sometimes in the, the ending judging conference before the results, they'll be like, oh, it seems like there was a real hot mess in the tent today or or they actually you could tell they have they have favorites 
um, not so much this season, yeah. but like last season and the seasons before, they had people that they fought for, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, so it's it's not that they're not paying attention, but I don't know. I just wish that they could come over and be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What makes this something that you feel is going to help you be successful or any of that? It's just not like, what's the weirdest animal you've treated as a veterinarian? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Matt, I mean, both of them are comedians. Um, and I have a soft spot for Noel because of, um, how am I blanking on it? Uh, the mighty boosh the mighty boosh yes um and i loved that when it came out Uh, and he's funny and he definitely has like his preferences which are kind of interesting but like Mm -hmm. it's very easy to just kind of thrill him you just have to say (laughs) something slightly weird and he's like oh i love you (laughs) um but yeah you're right like they don't care about baking every once in a while they'd be like can i try that they'll like take a spoonful of something and Mm -hmm. that's the end of their interest so yeah like having i don't know the the last batch of hosts were like they even did like segments remember that they Mm -hmm. would like dive into the history of something um and that that was really interesting and we're certainly not doing that anymore i feel like their contributions are just like dumb puns Mm-hmm. And time calls. Yeah. Dumb, dumb puns, puns about time about calls. About time calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what they add. They just sort of follow the judges around and be like, mm, okay, good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. I, I, I'm, I've grown very tired of the making jokes at Paul and somewhat less at Prue's expense. <laughs> like, I, you know, I don't need to hear about Paul's, like, hairy gorilla arms or you know, what he does in his spare time or any of that stuff yeah, anymore. Yeah, he's I the punching don't. bag now. I mean, yep. Reb, Reb's called him a White Walker once, which was kind of funny. Um, yes. But other than that, I'm kind of done with the <laughs> the Paul jokes. Well, and then I I noticed this last week, uh, I forget which one it was. I think it was Matt called Pru, Prulio Inglacius. Yeah. And I'm like, it's Iglacius, not Inglacius. Inglacius, well... <laughs> goes along with Mexican week. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, they're doing what they want to do, and they're not going to do anything else. So I guess I just try to, um, I don't know, if Mr. Spoon wants to come back, I guess yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, that was funny. I don't know. I kind of feel, I, I try to just enjoy them for what they are yep. and not have too many expectations or not, like, get too upset about it because that's not why I want to watch Bake Off. Yep. And I just want to say, Noel, you're not a goth. Wearing a little eyeliner and dyeing, dyeing your hair black doesn't make you a goth. <laughs> it just doesn't. I think he has that vampire disease that makes him afraid of the sun. <laughs> he just says it, but I'm like, come on. Yeah, come on. he wishes. Yeah, you're not. Well, do we like the show? I love it. I Even love it. All we've done for an hour and a half is complain about it. I love it. I love it. I do. Yeah. I know you and I both watch it. As soon as we can on Fridays. Oh, it's must-see TV on Fridays, yeah. And we, we'll start talking about a Jambo on Tuesday, and Bobby's like, but, 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 I haven't watched it yet. And I'm How like, well, that's not your watched fault. It. <laughs> it's your problem if you haven't watched it yet. We I don't care about, talk about spoilers for Bake Off. It doesn't count. It's, it's been out for four days. 
You've had so much time. Stop like running orchestra concerts. <laughs> Get your Sit priorities down for in an line. hour and watch Bake Off. You need this to is relax. our call to you, Bobby. There's only so much NCIS you can watch. No, that's not fair. I don't think he watches so much NCIS anymore. I think he's too busy for television. There's not going to be any more murder she wrote, so you're going to have to switch over. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. But what if they did a reboot? Ooh, who would play her? Hmm, would we go for, like, young, sexy Jessica Fletcher? Like Millie Bobby Brown? <gasps> Ooh, that's a good shout, actually. How do we get this made? Hmm. What do we do? We've what had we some do? good ideas on this yeah. show. I think we need just to figure out how to make them happen. Call us, Netflix. Producer credits. TM, <laughs> yep. TM, TM. Yeah, when you hear this, call us, please. <laughs> yeah, they definitely will. Okay, um, that brings us to our question of the week, which is, which popular dessert do you despise? Please. Like, be with me on the red velvet cake. I don't hate the taste of red velvet cake. I just think, you know, it's not all that's, you know, like, whatever. What? Yeah. What's it's the big like, deal? Why are you getting so excited about this? Yeah. Do you what love Clutie dumplings? Do you love oh. suet? Oh. <laughs> do you, wait, do you hate pumpkin pie? Ooh, that could be one. I know it. people have issues with pumpkin pie sometimes. Controversial. I don't understand hating pumpkin pie, but if you do, oh, I want to so know. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and maybe it'll make us think of things that were like, right on. Mm-hmm. That is disgusting. Yep. Um, I mean, we don't really have a Tishi Recommends this week, except Bake Off. Go watch Bake Off. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. Do it. It's on Netflix. There's a whole bunch of them. There, yeah, if, there's it, 10 collections. If you're Actually, into stealing, there's 13 True, true, true. I think it might be five through ten is on Netflix because before yeah. then, wouldn't didn't PBS have it? I so think you so, might yeah. have to go to Britbox. Is that the PBS I don't one? Know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. I do donate to my local PBS station, but I'm not sure that gets me anything special Bake Off wise. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't know. Do they even show it anymore? I don't know. I think it's a BBC thing. And I think there's some that we just can't get on this side of the pond. So that's why I think if you want them, you have to torrent them, which I have never done. Never. Never would do. Never. Because we are good people. Correct. But, you know, do what you got to do. Yep. Uh, That being said, please get involved with the show. You can torrent our show. Sure. How you do that. You don't have to, but you could. (laughs) Absolutely, you could. Uh, This show has everything.com with the shocking orange background. Um, Whose idea was that? Um, Bobby's. (laughs) I think it was Jeremy's. I think Jeremy did it. Mm. But it's okay. Whatever. Who has a website anymore? It's just a landing page for you guys. Uh, The Facebook group where we always have the question of the week or... You know, people post things for us um, that they have in common with Hillary that they're yep. really excited that somebody else has. Uh, the show Twitter, uh, fuck Elon Musk, we're out. Mic drop. Good. I mean, come on. Twitter, is it's a ticking time bomb at this point. So We promise we'll the... never spend your jam money on an on a artificial checkmark. That's true. We absolutely will not to elevate our voice. Um, but however you can email us at tshishow at gmail.com send us a voice memo at that email address we'd love to hear voices 
Uh, fax Bobby your recipe for a Sussex pond pudding at <laughs> 617-354-8513. And as always, AOL keyword, T-She. Wouldn't it be crazy if that actually exists? What if it did there? anything? <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. The rest of the crew will be back next week. Meredith and I were the only one. <laughs> Things not going on in our lives. So we were the ones who can convene this week. But for now, that is all about the Great British Bake Off. We didn't predict who we thought would win. Oh, my gosh. Should we do that real quick? I, I think it's Shabira. I think so, too. I think so. I am shocked that Ahmed has gotten this far. You know, uh, well, I think that missing bread week never hurts anybody. <laughs> yeah, true. That was convenient. Um, I, yeah, I, he I forgets I, to turn his oven on half the time. Um, no, but <laughs> I haven't gotten a great sense of his personality under pressure yet. Everything he does seems to be middling and I just, yeah. he's like bumped along so far. Yep. I don't know. Yep. It's a mystery he has to me. some nice ideas, but yeah. It's nothing that ever I'm like, oh, my God. I don't dislike him as a person. I just don't know that he's a champion. He seems great. I no. think Shabira is amazing, though. I think so, too. Yep. I think she has truly good ideas. Interesting. Unique, but not weird. Um, good I flavors. She, good construction. Good, yep. like, technical skills. Yeah. Bites off exactly as much as she can chew. Yeah. Executes everything. Yeah, I think she's great. Yep. I do not see her losing, but we'll find out. We shall see. And we have not, we should say that we're recording this on Thursday. So we, we have not watched the most recent episode as this comes out. Right. The semifinal, right? Although so it they're... was spoiled for me. So I know who leaves, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Oh, okay. God bless you. I know. It sucks. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how, how right or wrong we are. Yep. 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 L- Lady scientists out. Out. Is that slang? Mm, being out? I don't think so. Okay.
40 minutes yeah <laughs> jesus christ good for us